Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 163. If you're going to do this kind of work, just remember, do it for the passion, do it for your customers, and don't you dare think about the money. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah! Have you turned your key and heard that dreaded tick, 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 tick because of a dead battery? No worries. I've got the NOCO Genius Boost Jump Starter. This compact tool fits in your glove box and features rechargeable lithium battery technology that will start a dead battery in your car, boat, truck, or RV. It packs a whopping 12-volt, 400-amp starting power and can start up to 20 dead batteries on a single charge. Plus, it has built-in spark-proof technology with reverse polarity protection to safely jumpstart your vehicle. The compact, ergonomically designed clamps are solid copper for maximum conductivity, and there's a built-in ultra-bright dual LED flashlight with seven modes, including an SOS emergency strobe. It's easily rechargeable with a USB outlet, and you can charge your smartphone or tablet while you're on the road. Works on any 12-volt lead-acid battery. The Genius Boost from NOCO is the ultimate emergency tool that's safe and easy to use. Quality design, state-of-the-art technology from NOCO, your battery care source since 1914. Get yours at GeniusChargers.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. Today, I'm so excited to introduce a very special guest, Bill Thomas. Bill, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Yes, sir, I am. Okay, great to have you here. Bill Thomas has over 26 years of experience in the automotive business, and he's an ASC Automotive Service Excellence Certified Master Technician. His love of classic British sports cars moved him to open William Thomas Roadsters in Hunterdon County, New Jersey, where he and his team restore and care for the finest of British cars. Bill also operates Performance Garage Club in Frenchtown, where they created a wonderful automotive storage facility. It's a place where members can keep and work on their special vehicles. But wait, there's more. Bill's Draken Cars East is another venture he's embarked upon where he's building a custom Formula Car concept roadster that is really, really cool. And then there's LTW Motorsports, where Bill provides track car services from tech inspections, proper setups, storage, and more. Oh my gosh, you're a busy guy. So Bill, I've told our listeners a little bit about you. Would you take a moment and share a little bit more about your history, your businesses, your interests, and your passion for automobiles before we get into some of the questions I have for you today? Sure, be glad to. Well, if I'm going to go back to the beginning, the early days, um, you know, I, I got into cars probably when I was in my late single-digit ages, you know, somewhere around eight or nine years old. Mm-hmm. Just prior to that, uh, maybe when I was about five, my dad had an MGTD, and uh, that car really captured my uh, attention. Um, I do remember clearly just standing in front of that car, looking up at the time, because I was probably about three feet tall, uh, (laughs) looking up at this, you know, splendid grill work on this MG, you know, these vertical red slats, uh, surrounded by a chrome grill surround and these two gleaming headlights, and I just remember, you know, day, day after day, time after time, just looking at this car and being truly 
mesmerized. Yep. And I think that was the very beginning of my realization that cars are really cool. <laughs> and from that point forward, I always had an awareness of cars, and I began collecting my matchboxes and building models and so on. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know that led me into my, my early teen years where, thankfully, uh, my dad was pretty relaxed about me you know, messing around, so to speak, with the lawnmower and engines. And uh, soon I, I graduated to tweaking the screws on our Rambler station wagon. And so on. So I really, you know, whether it be directly or indirectly, I was certainly encouraged to explore my uh, curiosity with these, with cars and just mechanical devices in general. We have something in common because when I was five, my dad had a 47 MGTC. Really? <laughs> yes. So well, there you have it. <laughs> there you have it. So how did your life progress from there as to all the things you probably did in your teens and then getting into business for yourself? Well, it's a little bit of a, I wouldn't say convoluted journey, but it's it might get a little long-winded. So um, basically, transitioning into my teen high school years, of course, I discovered muscle cars. Mm-hmm. So uh, this is in the uh, you know mid to later 70s, and found myself dragging a 69 Pontiac GTO out of a field and basically restoring it and resurrecting it as millions of uh red-blooded American kids, male and female, have have done. Sure. And, uh, you know, I found a junkyard engine, a a 400 cubic inch out of a Catalina station wagon, and plopped it in my GTO, and that's what I drove to school And and during the high school years. The GTO bug stuck with me even after that. So Mm -hmm. I I found and restored a few more, a few early Trans Ams, you know, 70, 71 era. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was just an overall car guy, so I really kind of steeped in the muscle car scene. And then uh, I think my transition to sports cars really came at a moment when I was working part-time during high school years pumping gas. I still vividly remember every Friday a gentleman, a local guy, would come in in his what appeared to be, now, now that I look back on it, I'm sure it was a brand new or relatively new Triumph TR6. Oh, nice. And he would come in with his... Oxford shirt on and, uh, you know, very neat and orderly, orderly looking. And I remember he had gray hair, so he's an older guy, I assume. And he had his pretty wife with him, and he would roll into the gas station, and here I was, a, you know, a teenager and filling it up with Amico Premium. I remember he <laughs> testified, Amico Premium, please, yes. fill it up. Yep. You know, I would hear the car idle and burble, and just looking at it was so such a departure from, you know, my GTO scene and muscle cars and, and drag racing and all the other things I was involved in. And uh, finally, one day, I asked him, what is this car? And uh, he explained uh, very proudly it was a Triumph TR6. And it was made in England, and it's a thoroughbred sports car. And it was uh, I, I still vividly remember the, 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 the lesson I received that day. Mm-hmm. And then that was a trigger, a, a switching moment for me where I became aware of sports cars. Wonderful. You've evolved into having a business around that you've had for a long time around these British sports cars. So it obviously really started something. Yes. Yeah, it really did. Of course, being a car guy, my career, you know, I went to school for automotive technologies and got out of school and immediately went to work for various car dealerships. And my goal was to become a proficient professional auto technician mm-hmm. and really make a career out of it. And, and I took it very seriously and that uh, basically parlayed into being hired by the manufacturers as a technical rep and then holding some other positions. So 
Yeah, there is definitely a connect-the-dot lineage from early years all the way to to present day. Fantastic. Well, we're going to learn a little bit more about some of the businesses that you're working in today as we move along, but I always like to start our journey with a success quote. And this is a saying that's been instrumental in forming your life and your success, and it's a really great way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars, yeah? I know you love going to the track, so Bill, take the wheel. All right. Well, you know, I've given it some thought, and I would say that uh, it, it kept going back to what I was told by a gentleman who, who owned a very uh, a high-level restoration facility when I was uh, a teenager. Mm-hmm. And he owned this shop in the town that I grew up in. And he was basically my career idol. And he used to tell me over and over again, if you're going to do this kind of work, just remember, do it for the passion, do it for your customers, and don't you dare think about the money. And that stuck with me all these years, and I am proud to say that is what I apply to my day-to-day business. I, I do it for the love, I do it for my clients, and the salary, the money, the rewards, whatever it might be, I, I, that's just a byproduct that comes naturally. And that's a great thing. Many of my guests have said, do something really, really well. Provide a service or a product or something to the the customers, and the money will right. follow with that. And so I love that quote, and it's great that it came from a mentor of yours and someone that uh, helped you along the way and that you've yeah. and incorporated into your business. I think that's great. You talked a little bit about your experience with your dad's MG and then that gentleman at the gas station. And maybe you already answered this question with those, but is there a pivotal moment in your life when you really knew you were a car guy, that that moment that instigated your passion for cars? Well, yeah, the early years when I mentioned my dad's MG, of course, I was, you know, five or six, and I I have memories of being captivated. But I, I think the... I think the moment I realized I was a car guy was the day I was dragging that GTO out of the weeds with plans, great plans of resurrecting it and driving it and the enthusiasm and the excitement I felt for that. I think that that was the moment where I realized, okay, I'm I'm officially a gearhead and it feels great. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I had a guest, Christopher Runge, on the show he had the exact same experience, drug a car that would, was up to its axles in mud out of a farm yep. field, pulled it on the back of his truck. His dad helped him take it home. He cleaned it up, started building it, and that was his trigger moment, if you will, as we said, or that pivotal moment. I'm just sitting here smiling going, you know, it's so much commonness with us car people and those moments in our lives. That's fantastic. Bill, what I'd love to do now is take a look at some of the roads you've driven down and crawl under the hood and Get our hands a little dirty, something you're certainly used to doing with all the vehicles you've worked on. I'd love for you to share a story with me when you had a huge challenge or even better, a great failure that you faced in your career. But the most important part of this is how did you overcome it and what did you learn from that experience? Okay. Well, I have to say, honestly and thankfully, I I haven't experienced any huge or really any failures in my business. Throughout the years, you know, there's been some personal challenges, but I have to say, and it could be a little off the track, but it does tie into who I am. Probably the biggest Mm -hmm. challenge, I'd have to say, was when I lost my dad in a car accident five days before Christmas in 1976. Oh, my goodness. And that was a Mm -hmm. lightning rod moment where I 
literally felt myself change as a person. But what it did was mm-hmm. it heightened my awareness to, you know, maybe push me forward a few years in maturity, but it made me into much more of a serious guy, a little bit more of a driven guy than maybe, you know, my age counterparts were at the time. But it, it forced me to take things seriously and move forward, realizing, like, okay, there's no guarantees here. Anything can change at any time. So you really have to pay attention yes. and move forward. And I believe that that helped me develop my work ethic and uh, just how I view things in general. Well, I appreciate you sharing that very personal story mm-hmm. with us. And, oh, goodness, yes, it's, uh, it reminds us all that uh, these days and these times we have are truly gifts. And we need to cherish them and, and value them as they are. Time is our most precious attribute in life. Exactly. Yeah, so it was. Uh, it says a little off the track, maybe from what we should should be talking about. But I do believe that that is what steered me in the direction I, I went in, and you know the approach I took to things. So, well, in a very tragic way, your father uh, helped you so much at that time. It may sound like a silly way yeah. to say it, yeah. terrible way to say it, but it it really did. So uh, I appreciate that story. Let's shift gears here and. And go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share a story with me. When you had a real aha moment in your career, your business, a time when you realized that, you know what, I think this idea, this concept of what I'm doing is, is really going to work and it's going to make it. And, and tell me the steps you took to turn your aha moment into a success. Well, this is the fun part. Um, I would say this only you know goes back probably 11 or so years ago when I was still a, a factory rep with a renowned sports car manufacturer. Uh, It starts with the letter F and ends in the letter I. (laughs) And uh, no, actually, I was a a technical representative for Ferrari, North America. And it was a fantastic job, a bunch of great people, and a really, just a very unique and probably a -a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to, to be exposed to the things I was exposed to and, you know, do the things I've done. And for that, I'm, I'm hugely thankful for it. But it was a very demanding job, and I was not home a lot. And at the time, I had a very young family. And my wife was, was also uh, you know, full headstrong in her, uh, in her career. So mm-hmm. at the time, I had a little bit of a therapeutic release, and that was restoring for myself a uh, 64 Triumph TR4. So uh, that car was Love those cars. tremendous ther- uh, therapy for me. Yeah, I love them, too. I've always mm-hmm. loved them. So I embarked on this restoration project at home in, in my two-car garage attached to the house, and it was simply meant to be, uh, you know, a little bit of a cathartic uh, healing decompression chamber for me just to go out and, and work on the car, and I'd work on it at 1 or 2 a.m. You know, I really wouldn't let it impact the family too much. When I was finished with the car, I just was casually showing it at the local British car shows, and it just for lack of a better phrase, it cleaned up. It won every time I had shown it, and it generated a All lot of right. buzz. And I had a lot yeah. of people coming up to me wanting to know, you know, who restored this car, you know, where is their shop, and how much does it cost, and you can imagine the questions. And uh, I oh, would wow. casually say, well, I, I restored it myself, and they would ask, well, where's your shop? And uh, I said, well, <laughs> I'm a kind of a suit-and-tie guy for Ferrari, and I just did this on the side. And then I just had the inquiries where people would say, well, boy, I'd love to have you do my engine. I'd love to have you do my interior and, you know, this, that, and the other thing. So because I enjoyed Mm -hmm. the work so much, I started doing a little bit of work for people on the side. And I think the aha moment came when I realized 
this is what I really love doing. I love interacting yes. with the customers. I, I love the technical aspect of it. I love the aesthetic part of it, you know, the finished product, going from an old broken-down car to something gleaming and, and relatively perfect. So the right. aha moment <laughs> came when I said, this is what I really want to do. Now I see it. This is the feeling of doing something for a living that you really, really love. Now, I love working for Ferrari, but it was a, it was a demanding job. Uh, running yes. my businesses yeah. is demanding, but it's a different type of feeling. And uh, I, yes. I love it. Oh, what a wonderful story. Just absolutely fantastic. It fits so perfect with the theme here at Cars yeah, of combining your passion with your vocation. And, and you did it. So uh, you may then have already answered this next question about your proudest business or career moment, because that must have been very proud to be at that show and have all these people ooing and aahing over something, thinking that you'd had it done at a quote-unquote professional shop. Is there one that stands out with you, a proudest moment in your career? Yeah, sure. I think there's been many of them, and that's the great thing about being an entrepreneur and, and creating your own environment and your own destiny. There's, there's been multiples. I, I would point at two. One would be the, the first time I unveiled, I should say, the, the time I unveiled my first restoration to the owners, uh, which was a 57 smallmouth TR3. Through them seeing my TR4 and a little bit of other work, I was beginning to you know, very slowly spool up the business. They were watching. They told me later they had been watching and looking at my work, and, and uh, they had interacted with me a few times at different shows, and they just liked what they saw, so they commissioned me to restore their beloved TR3. So it took about a year and a half, and uh, the proud moment came when I, when I could lift the cover off this car and have the family standing mm-hmm. there and just watch their expressions and, you know, oh, engage yes. in conversation afterwards. That truly made me proud, I mean, because I was able to provide this product to these people and have them feel the way they felt that day. To me, it truly is wonderful. It really is. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah that sounds great. Let's have a little bit of fun here. What was your first really special card? Not necessarily your first car, but one that was really, really special to you. And perhaps you could share a memory with that vehicle. Well, let me see. Uh, real quick, I'd have to tell you one special car would have to be my very first car, which was a 61 Rambler American four-door that I bought from a gentleman <laughs> up the road when okay. I was 12. <laughs> 12 years old. 12, wow. I bought it from him for $150 that I, that I used uh, my lawn mowing money to buy. And when I drove mm-hmm. it home, I, I got all the eyebrows and questions of, as if looking at me thinking, what are you doing? Why did you drive this car home? Did you steal it? And so on. That, that <laughs> is a special car for that, those reasons. But um, yes. I'd have to say the standout special car goes back to my GTO thing. And it wasn't the first one I dragged out of the field. It was, uh, my special one was, it was another 69 GTO that I had purchased from the original owner, and this gentleman ordered the car new in 69 and ticked off every single box there was to tick off. So it was a, it was mm. a turquoise blue with a parchment white interior, a bench seat, a column shift. It was almost to the antithesis of a, of a GTO, but it was a luxury cool. GTO, and that car was so original, so clean, and well-kept, uh, I felt honored to have been able to find it and buy it and drive it. 
And I drove that car for a number of years and really, you know, coveted it and took great care of it and sold it. And um, I would have to say that was a standout car in my life. Well, how about seller's remorse? Is there a vehicle that you've owned that you've let go that you really wish you could have back in the garage? Yeah, to, yeah, I, I did have, um, and this jumps over to still my Pontiac enthusiasm, but over to uh, a 1972 Pontiac Trans Am. And, mm. But, of course, it's an early Trans Am, and you know, I was a little bit of a Trans Am snob because back in the day you had the early cars that were 1973 on back, and you had the post-73 that were considered, well, they're not real muscle cars and they're not like the early cars. But I did have a 72 Trans Am, which had the 455 high output, and it had the Muncie M22 Rock Crusher gearbox in it. And it was a <laughs> nice. monster of a car. And, you know, back then I did my research, and I still remember that uh, I believe 450 of them were built somewhere around there. It's an even, you know, a rounded number. But um, mm-hmm. the, the plant in Ohio that built the cars was on strike that year. So only a handful of Trans Ams were built in 72. And to this day, I mean, if you, you check values or you try to find one, it's very hard to find a 72 Trans Am out there in the world. And if you do, I think it's somewhere between an eighty dollars and $100,000 car these days. And I think the reason I let it go was, like so many others, I needed a commuter car. <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, I, gosh, I needed something, yeah. quote, more sensible to drive to work every day. And that, that yeah, the Trans Am yeah, just wasn't I, it. I've got a couple of those stories, too. One involves a Mustang Fastback, but... We're not here to talk about me today. We're here to talk about you. How about current projects? I know you're working on something kind of cool, and I kind of hope you're going to allude to this, but is there a project you're working on right now that really has you excited and fired up? Well, yeah, of course. Uh, The the Draken, that's D-R-A-K-A-N, Draken Cars, which is a Mm -hmm. new, uh, it's a joint venture I'm involved in with uh, a company in California who specialize in uh, high-performance Lotus parts. And this company name is Sector 111. And Shanu uh, Mapleton is the president of the company, and he and I are friends and colleagues and so on. And uh, we've joined forces and combined talents and funding to develop and uh, market the Draken Spider. We're really excited. Uh, the car is... Uh, you know, it's a steel tube triangulated chassis. Uh, developed the chassis has been developed and engineered by a renowned engineer in, out of Portland, Oregon. It's powered by an LS3 Chevrolet V8, coupled to a, currently a G50 Porsche transaxle. But we were still updating and tweaking and tuning the design. We have a dedicated body that we've kind of put our heads together on and designed. And basically, the car has just evolved into this beautiful, brutally quick. Uh, nicely executed track car. It's primarily meant for track use. We anticipate having the car street legal in certain states. We have, uh, I think, uh, probably three or four cars coming to the East Coast, and some of them are already sold right now. So uh, we're really excited. It's uh, You'd have to just go to drakencars.com or visit sector111.com, and you can see the links and the information uh, posted on both sites. Yes, I've seen pictures of it, and it looks really, really cool. So congratulations. What a Thank fun you. project. Yes, yes, it is. And yeah, we're really excited. So we'll, we'll see him here on the East Coast in the springtime. Oh, fantastic. Now, here's a fun question for you. If Bill was a car, what kind of car would Bill be and why? 
You know, that was a tough one, um, thinking about this. Um, mm-hmm. Well, you know, it, you are what you eat, and I'm told you are what you drive. So if I was what I drive, that's it, a mixed bag of personality types, I guess. But, um, <laughs> you know, I drive everything from a 73 Triumph GT6, and I still have my 64 TR4 I restored. I have an ERA 289 FIA Cobra replica, a Ford Raptor pickup, an E46 M3, and on and on. Oh, my so gosh. There are my personality you, types. <laughs> uh, you're a mutt. <laughs> yeah. But honestly, if if I was going to be uh, one car, probably the standout car in my mind would be the Le Mans-era Ford GT40. I mean, that, that car to Ooh. me is epitomizes everything about America, everything about American ingenuity and engineering and industry. So I would say it'd have to be that car. Oh, yeah. Iconic car for sure. Yeah. And the Detroit Motor Show, which was this week, and they had that new oh, yeah. Ford GT they just launched. Oh, my gosh. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, I've already seen the pictures and had my heart skip a beat. But, uh, yeah, yes. what, what a great thing. Yeah, absolutely. So, Bill, next up is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, here's a little something for the Cars Yeah listeners. Do you love vintage cars? Then go to CarsYeah.com and get a free copy of the fantastic Filler Up book. It's a full-color ebook filled with fuel filler fun with over 60 color photographs of vintage cars plus inspirational quotes from some of the most famous automotive enthusiasts of all time. Simply go to CarsYeah.com and click on the free book button on the homepage. Download your free Filler Up book today at Cars Yeah. Okay, Bill, we're back, and we're entering the last lap. And you're a guy who goes to the track and races, so you know what that means. The white flag is out, pedal to the metal, and this is where I'm going to fire off a series of questions, and you give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So are you ready? I am ready. Okay. What is the best automotive advice you've ever received? Acquire good skills, hone them, and then use them. Ah, yes. (laughs) Very good advice. Could you share one of your personal habits that you believe has contributed to your successes? Oh, absolutely. And people that know me will laugh like crazy if they hear this. But it's (laughs) be clean, neat, and organized. And that's what I live by. I love it. Very unique for a mechanic in many ways. Yeah. (laughs) Very nice. Do you have a resource that you could share with our listeners that you're really fond of? I know there are many, but perhaps a website or maybe a blog that you're really fond of. Well, I have to say, uh, real quick, MossMotors.com, they are the supplier that I deal with for British car restoration parts, and they are fantastic people. I, I really I can't say enough good things about that company. And you know, when I can say something about a company, I will. And, of course, Sector 111, specializing in Lotus Performance Parts, another mm-hmm. really good outfit. So, ah, Fantastic. How about a book? Is there one in particular that you've read in the past that you think our listeners would really enjoy? And the only book I'm currently reading is uh, not even automotive-related. It's uh, Killing Patton, which is actually a pretty phenomenal read in itself. Oh, that's okay. We'll put that up there as well. Uh, mm-hmm. Love all sorts of books here at Cars, yeah, whether it's business-related, fiction, nonfiction, or automotive. So mm-hmm. I'll make sure that our listeners can find links to all these resources at carsyeah.com slash Bill Thomas. All right, Bill, we're up to the checkered flag. And this last question can be a real doozy for a car guy like you, especially someone that has so many vehicles in his garage. If you could only have one collector car in your garage, but money is no object, I'm going to buy you whatever you would like today, what would that vehicle be? But more importantly, why? 
Well, that's easy, and it touches back to my uh, my previous answer. It would have to be that Le Mans winning GT40. Ah, uh, uh, yes. The one in the Gulf livery. Uh, mm-hmm. That car is just absolutely seared into my mind. So, yeah, that's my quick and easy, obvious choice. When can I have it? <laughs> when can you have it? Well, it's on the trailer. It's coming your way. Great. Just keep your eyes open. Keep looking down the road. <laughs> but what is it about that car that, why is that seared in your brain? What is it that just tugs on your heartstrings? Because you answer that question way too fast. Yeah, well, you know, we're all proud Americans, right? And uh, it's just the idea that Ford was motivated to design this car and get it done and basically go after Ferrari. Now, of course, I'm a Ferrari guy and I have a soft spot for Ferrari, but uh, just knowing that this car beat Ferrari and won Le Mans, I, I believe more than once, it's just the definition of, you know, American ingenuity and tenacity, you know, it highlights the, the engineering capabilities of the folks at the time, and it's just kind of like that, you know, go for it and win attitude, and it's just great. Yeah, fantastic. Well, before we sign off here, I'd love to hear a little bit about Performance Garage Club because I love the concept of what you've created there, and then touch a little bit on LTW Motorsports, if you would. Sure, absolutely. Well, Performance Garage Club is a little bit of a, the, the brainchild of myself and my partner, Steve Smotrich. And uh, I, I think the genesis, and to keep it short, came from the growth of William Thomas Roadsters and the ever-increasing amount of people uh, asking me if I could store their classic cars for them during the off-season here in the Northeast. You know, winters are pretty, can be pretty nasty, and people like to tuck away their cars for the winter. And uh, I also needed a little bit of space for my own, my own collection. And uh, I just started talking one day about starting a, just a storage business. And my friend Steve said, well, that's a great idea. I need some space as well. And as we began to brainstorm and, and come up with different ideas pertaining to the storage business, and we didn't just want to have a warehouse and that was cold and drafty. We wanted to have something special. And then we realized, well, maybe there might be some tinkerers in the bunch that would like to work on their cars in the corner. And then we realized, well, that's probably not the best equation for, you know, uh, people storing their vehicles, having somebody in there. So we really put our, our minds to it and came up with the idea of having this garage club. So one of the units in this industrial complex that we're in, we dedicate it to just a club environment. So we've set up a lounge a little espresso coffee bar. We have an automotive library, uh, computers for people to do home office work here and you know play with their cars the rest of the time, kitchen, a uh, shower room. And then the best part is we have a full-blown professional workshop with a lift and benches and tools and you know all the supplies and sundries that you would need to come work on your car. And alongside that, we have a detailing area that's fully stocked with, uh, with detailing products we have a clubhouse upstairs that has a big screen TV and couches and chairs and so on. So I don't dare call it a man cave because we actually do have uh, female owners as well, or uh, members. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, as our tagline reads, it's by enthusiasts for enthusiasts. And it's all about the car culture and the car life. I love it. I love yeah. it. And how about LTW? LTW is another one of these springboard businesses that really does dovetail in with the rest of, of, of my businesses because being a Lotus specialist, uh, primarily the, the modern uh, Elise, Exige, Evora models, as my clientele 
network or universe grew, found myself coordinating a lot of my Lotus clients to go to the track. But mm-hmm. none of them really, there wasn't anything cohesive where, you know, you have the BMW clubs doing days and you have the Porsche club doing track days and so on. But unfortunately, for whatever reason, the Lotus world, the Lotus people really didn't have a, uh, an organized place to go to have track days. They, you know, five would go to BMW and three would to the Porsche. I'd go to the Porsche events and so on. So we decided, uh, my partner Greg and I decided to create LTW Motorsports, which is a play on lightweight. And we wanted to create a track day and driver education environment, primarily you know, focused at owners of lightweight cars, which would be Lotus or Caterham or the BAC Mono, Ariel Atom, and of course now the, the Draken Spider. Nice. Anything under 2,000 pounds or thereabouts. Yeah, I love it. What a great yeah. concept. And I know that's how I was introduced to you, Bill, was through one of the cars. Yeah, I guess your Ingrid Stephenson, who yep. does track days with her Lotus. And uh, uh, it was really nice of her to introduce us and so that I could have you on the show. And uh, you've taken me on a great ride today, and I've really enjoyed your stories. And I want to thank you for coming on to Cars Here Out Here and sharing your journey with the listeners and with me. Is there one parting piece of guidance you could offer our listeners before you drive off into the sunset in that GT40? Sure. I would have to say, it might sound a little bit uh, contrived, but truly, life is short, and I've learned it's best to always strive to do what you really enjoy to do in life, personally, professionally, or otherwise. Just do what you want to do. Enjoy doing it. If you're not enjoying it, change tracks. Surround yourself with fun, positive people. That's, that's perfect. That's my parting shot. Wonderful advice and oh so true. And what's the best way for our listeners to learn more about all the different businesses you're involved in? Well, I could give you a litany of email or uh, I'm sorry, website addresses or uh, my telephone number whatever. I'll tell you what we'll do is we'll put them all up on your show notes page mm-hmm. so our Carsia yeah listeners can go to uh, com slash Bill Thomas. Just put Bill in the search box and his page will pop up, and you can see links to all four companies and get a hold of Bill and talk to him. And if you're fortunate enough to be in his part of the world, go visit him and uh, have him help you with a restoration or a track day or one of the many things that you do for the, the car hobby. It's fantastic. How's that? That's perfect. Perfect. All right. Well, again, listeners, you can check everything out on carsyad.com. And, Bill, thank you for being so generous today with your time and your expertise and And for sharing your experiences with me, it's been really fun to get to know you. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. Okay, Mark. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!